0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Employees at the Social Security Administration will see customers face-to-face for the first time in two years. Reopening doors to the public comes, though, as the agency faces staffing shortages and a troublesome phone system, which combine to cause service delays. Here with the latest, Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. And what is the reentry looking like?
2: SSA opened its doors to the public just yesterday on April 7th, and that's just about a week after employees for the agency returned on March 30th, and that's coming after they reached agreements with all three of their unions earlier in March. Uh, That's the American Federation of Government Employees, National Treasury Employees Union, and Association of Administrative Law Judges. And SSA, in its announcement when it opened its doors, said that it would be opening to customers who both have appointments and who are walking in without appointments for local field offices.
1: All right. So the unions then are basically in favor of this because they did have to negotiate with them to have it happen.
2: They did get through negotiations, but the unions are now saying that they're disagreeing with the way that SSA is implementing this reentry. So a few, I spoke with a few representatives from AFGE, and they're saying that they initially recommended that SSA reopened to the public on appointment basis only and that's because there's a lot of issues with staffing at SSA that could cause delays for those who are coming in. SSA has said in a blog post about the reentry that they do encourage as many people as possible who need appointments or need to speak with an SSA staff member to use online services when possible. I spoke with Angela DiGeronimo, who's a regional vice president for AFGE Council 220, and that council represents about 27,000 SSA field office and teleservice center employees. And She said another challenge that uh, AFGE is bringing up about the reentry plans for SSA is telework opportunities for those employees. Uh, She said that the union recommended maximizing telework and that 90% of field office work can be done remotely. That's part of the reason why AFGE recommended maximizing telework but she said it could also help with staffing for the agency, or which she said is in crisis mode.
0: We wanted to maximize telework during the six-month evaluation period because we wanted the agency to see that it actually could be done. And by doing that, they would be able to increase staff. We are severely understaffed, and we don't have enough people to actually do the work. And this hasn't just been happening now. This has been happening for over a decade by leveraging telework, you would be able to increase your staff and not have to increase your brick and mortar space.
2: That was Angelo DiGeronimo, regional vice president for AFGE Council 220.
1: Right. And I have spoken to the president of that whole council and he says the same thing, that they're more productive from home than they are in the office and they can manage the workflow better from teleworking situation, which part of that does make sense. So if SSA is trying to hire and retain people, is this going against that grain?
2: So I also spoke with Ralph DeJulius, the president of AFGE Council 220, Tom, that you mentioned you had a conversation with him as well. And he's saying that, yes, this is going to make things more difficult to hire and retain employees for SSA. He says that there's major staffing issues at help desks and local field offices, and that can impact wait times, which are already multiple hours long. He uh, cited that the agency lost about 2,000 employees during the course of the pandemic. That's out of 60,000 total workers at the agency.
1: And were you able to ask the agency about any of this?
2: Yes, I spoke to the press officer at SSA, Mark Hinkle, and he said in a statement that the 2022 budget makes hiring even more challenging for the agency. He said that the enacted budget for fiscal 2022 was almost $850 million short of the budget requests for that year for SSA. So that's going to cause, according to him, delaying hiring staff for teleservice centers, delaying IT improvements and upgrades, and there won't be as much overtime available to the employees who are there to address the increasing Service demands that they're going to have to face as they're opening their doors to the public now.
1: All right. So not enough people, not enough money.
2: That's right. Another issue that AFGE cited that they're um, wanting a little bit more information on from SSA is talking about the safety measures that they're implementing as they're opening their doors SSA serves a lot of people who have health vulnerabilities. They serve people who have disabilities and who are elderly. So continuing those safety measures is really important. Geronimo said that they're concerned about how those will look in practice.
0: We also had health and safety concerns as far as disinfecting the office properly, proper ventilation, proper amount of people in the office at one time, and things of that nature. The health and safety of the employees, their families, and the public has been throughout the pandemic and through the process of discussing reentry with the agency first and foremost on our minds.
1: All right, so what happens next? The offices are now open pretty much across the board. People can make an appointment online and go in then, or they could walk in and maybe wait seven hours if they're so inclined. I can't think of anything worse, but I suppose some people don't mind doing that. Anything we need to know about the future here?
2: Yeah, so what they're going to be looking at is a six-month time period just addressing how things are going at the agency. That's going to look at how smoothly the process is for addressing customer concerns and appointments, and then that's going to help them determine where and if resources need to be reallocated, how to better support their employees, and they're going to continue working with uh, AFG and the other unions to see that through, and that's going to end in the end of September
1: and what about that phone system is it the system itself or just the way they manage their call centers
2: seems like it's a combination of both tom the phone system is a big ongoing problem at ssa it's something that both the agency and afge have referenced as one of the biggest challenges at the agency mark hinkle who's the press officer for the agency said that they've been transparent with employees about those issues and they're looking to upgrade the phone system as quickly as possible, but they're asking for patience because that's going to take time.
1: Wasn't there a movie called Sorry, Wrong Number? (laughs) Maybe that's their issue or Nile M for Murder. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello
3: and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Melissa Bradley, the founder and managing partner At 1863 Ventures, an investment company focused on bridging entrepreneurship and racial equity and accelerating new majority entrepreneurs from high potential to high growth. Additionally, Melissa is co-founder of Venture backed Eureka, a community where small businesses gain unprecedented access to the expertise needed to grow their businesses and has more than 20 years of entrepreneurship, investment, and leadership experience. Melissa, welcome, and thank you for being here.
4: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
3: Who is the first person that you remember looking up to as a leader, and what was it about them that inspired you?
4: So there are actually two people. Um, The first person, personally, was my mom. Uh, She was a single parent, and what I realized is that she was the leader of our household, but she was also the leader of our community. Um, She was a staunch advocate for children's rights in public schools, making sure that we got a quality education. She was a staunch advocate around rights for renters. Um, We were not in a financial position that we actually ever owned a home, uh, but she made sure that people who lived in various types of housing
3: As a company grows, WEPA is growing as well. And you are so spot on. We have, As as leaders, we have to let go and trust those people that work for us and empower them to do their job and then let them roll. And that's not always easy.
4: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.
0: When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffle Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on, and you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.